I want to bring a word to you um, that God has spoken to us about really clearly, and uh, the, the word is armada. Um, now, you might have heard us talk about this um, a little bit, but we want to sort of unfold this uh, during the next few weeks of really what God is saying to us, because uh, when we went away as a, uh, the directors in uh, October, um, we had this prophetic word about being an armada, and it's, you know, sometimes you just get things, you know that God has spoken directly into your, to your hearts and minds. And we knew that this was one such word, and it just developed. And Dave, you brought it, wasn't it, David Webster? And it's expanded out. And then um, we've been thinking about it, discussing it, meditating on it, and um, we decided this is, this is really important that we, we, we start to get hold of this concept as, as an as escape of, of what God is calling us forward into. And so it was funny, yesterday I was, I was preparing for this, and I think, I think you had the same uh, happening to you last week. I was literally preparing, and, and then every now and then, I'm, <coughs> when I'm preparing, once I've got to the boredom stage, I flip on the TV and have a look at what's going on. None of you do that, do you? you know, no, no. I've got, got to that stage, yeah, we've run out of inspiration, let's see what's happening, what's the football happening and stuff like that. We won last year, remember? We have to still do remember who won the, won the league last year, all right? <laughs> <laughs> we are still the champions, all right? <laughs> we, we, <laughs> Chelsea are still the champions, but it's not looking quite so good for this season. But anyway, they didn't play their plan today. But, uh, anyway, as I flicked on, literally I, I was on the sports channel, I was, I was on a channel and it just came up, and it was a, um, a quiz program. <laughs> and, and it said, and, and we, this is a question about the Armada. And I thought, oh. And just and that happened to you last week, didn't he? You just turned on the TV and the first thing that came up was Amada. So God is definitely speaking to us. And uh, so we're just going to start to talk about that a little bit more and it will unfold as we go. And if you've got thoughts and, and uh, stuff from God around that, then I want you to, to feel free. Now, Eddie, where are you? Eddie, Lily, come here. Eddie, Eddie, I want Eddie just to share something that God's given to him. There you go. <laughs> you can hear me now. Happy New Year to everyone. Um, at the beginning of every year, I, I spend time, uh, extra time with God, uh, praying and fasting in terms of uh, what he's got to speak to me personally. Um, and um, last night I had a dream, and I felt it was a, a word that I've got to share with everyone. Um, and I was in a trench, and I saw the uh, tracks of a, of a tractor going over, not a tractor, uh, a tank going over me. Um, and the Lord said to me the words, Game changer. And it brought to my mind uh, World War One. We were in an impasse with the um, Germans, um, and when we brought in the tanks, that's when we had breakthrough. Okay, and I feel God saying that there's some of you here um, that are at an impasse, be it uh, in your jobs, for healing, um, for finances, um, and you've been chipping away. Um, and God's saying this is a game changer year. Okay, so that's the word I've got to, to give to you today. And God's also given us game-changer weapons, okay? Like the tank was a game-changer weapon in World War I. Uh, we've got prayer and praise and thanksgiving. That's our game-changer uh, weapon. There's also praise. There's also God's presence, um, prophetic words, and so forth. So um, I think this is going to be a, a breakthrough year. Good. Thank you. And one of the contexts that was, was the game-changer is, is actually a new weapon. That's what we're getting at. So, if you want to think, when we think of an armada, armada is actually a weapon. It's a weapon formed of many parts, and it's a weapon that is actually designed to uh, capture nations. 
it's not just, and we've been talking about this, it's, not, it's completely different from an individual boat that, that goes on a, like a, a skirmish, uh, an individual battleship. And if you bring it forward into modern day language, then, then the United States have their carrier battle groups, you know, they actually, they're, they're, they have, you know, their, their aircraft carrier at the centre of it, but around that they have other boats and submarines and it's, it's the most awesome um, weapon uh, uh, grouping on planet Earth is, 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 a, is a carrier battle group. Um, and uh, you'll hear the people, the, the uh, term, you will have heard the term used, it's how the, there is the projection of power through the use of what's a modern day armada. Um, and the projection of power to actually uh, bring uh, influence upon, upon nations. And there is no doubt that God's calling us to a place where we are influencing nations. Um, he's talked to us very clearly about Europe, um, and there's going to be a lot going on in interaction with Europe this year. Um, also, I believe Africa is uh, on our radar. I see Wendy, where are you? Wendy, wave at me. Wendy, Wendy's there. Wendy's back from Mozambique for a few weeks. Been out there working with Heidi Baker. Having a good time, Wendy? Been amazing. So it's lovely to have you back with us just for a few weeks. Go back at the end of January? Beginning of February, you're going back. So. And obviously we've got Tracy Moyes out in Swaziland right at this moment. And we've got other options coming up out there. So, um, now a battle, our battle, so what this makes you think, well, what's our battle? And I try to, to summarize it like this. We, it's quite straightforward in my mind. Our battle is between light and darkness. If you can remember that, that, that just summarizes what our battle is, that we are people of light trying to overcome darkness in all its forms. Um, so a simple explanation of that, today we have had a victory because darkness sits clearly, um, sorry, illness sits clearly in the camp of darkness. Yes? So, so in the kingdom of darkness, then the bad stuff happens. You bring light to bear upon darkness, and what happens? Who wins? The light always wins. So what we've just brought to bear <coughs> is light coming onto darkness, and Radhika's shoulder is healed. Yeah? Now what we've got to learn is, is how we increasingly shine our light and bring it to bear. And we're going to, again, look at this over these next few weeks. Is, is what that means, how you actually do it. Um, and one of the ways we're going to be looking at that is, is through the role of uh, apostles and prophets and evangelists. Um, we're really very keen and, and, and believe strongly that this year will be a year when we reap a harvest. And it's, it's a gathering of, 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 of people through salvation. Uh, now, we love having... Christians or people who already come and actually you know, engage with the church family here and be part of it. And I just want to say thank you. Many of you actually moved to be here. I know some folks just moved a few weeks ago. Welcome, welcome, welcome. <laughs> so, and other folks, Nick and Connie moved down from Rex. We've got many people who've moved here. And, and the word that you heard this morning was that God places you where he wants you to be. So, so you are placed here. It's not just a little choice. Oh, where do I fancy being? There is a sense of of engagement and, dare I say, um, almost enrolment in a, an armed force that's going on here. So, so we don't often use the, the sort of the concept of, of a, an army when we're talking about the church. We're far more familiar with family and, and a body, but actually the church is, in effect, uh, an armed force. And we need, then need to know who it is that we're actually fighting against. 
And we're not fighting against people. Not, it's, that's not the job. Not, our job is not to fight against people, but to, to, to bring our light to bear on the forces of darkness, which actually do have influence on planet Earth. And there's no doubt you only have to look at the, the news and the daily news. And um, even for New Year's Eve, there was a battle going on, wasn't there, between fear and hope. So when I saw the fireworks going up, you know, across the River Thames, I thought, yes, you know what? Hope just won over fear. We did, in our nation. Hope beat fear. In some of the other nations, fear won. I'm not blaming them, I'm just, just stating the fact. You know, there are places where, where their celebrations were cancelled. Why? Because of fear. Understandable fear, yeah? But we shouldn't live in fear. That's not God's design. You know? And we're quite clear that, that fear is an enemy. Uh, it's very clearly an enemy. And, uh, you know, freedom is something we fight for. We are an armed force fighting for freedom. Just like the Second World War and another analogy or another strong calling upon our, our lives as a church is to be a beachhead for freedom. You know, we are here to, to establish something. But having established a beachhead, and I believe it is established, then the job is then to allow the resources to flow through to the continent of Europe for the liberation of Europe, which includes the United Kingdom. Although we don't like to think of ourselves as European, but we are very difficult to think of ourselves as European because we live in an island, but it's, you know, it includes us. And so when I hear of miracles, I re- you know what? I rejoice in every miracle. Why? Because I know that God has just had a victory. You know, and we battle. Now sometimes, we think, well, we don't always see the victories. Now sometimes we don't always see them, but the, you know, nothing is wasted in God's economy. And uh, <clears throat> some of you will have heard me say that, that you know, my, my mother... Uh, died of cancer. It's almost 10 years to the day, so in three days' time, she will it'll be the 10th anniversary of her death. And uh, So for me, New Year's Eve was a slightly strange affair this year, emotionally, because 10 years ago, that's when I was just with my mother for the last time and spent New Year's Eve with my mother, as she was in a hospice just before she died. And she died of a, 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 a nasty cancer, um, and it was tough, it was emotional, <clears throat> and we fought a battle, and uh, we won some victories in, en route, you know, because there were you know, times when you saw some breakthroughs, but ultimately the cancer caused her physical death. But this year, well, no, it's <clears throat> literally one year ago uh, today, literally one year ago today, a lady came to the healing center with the same cancer that my mother died from, and was prayed for on January the 13th last year. This is actually my son's birthday. This lady who came on a year ago today went for her surgery for the cancer, and they found no, not, no cancer in her body. Now, what I want to tell you is the risks you take and the battles you fight, and sometimes when you practice something, and you fall over. That's just the route to victory. You know, and and we, we battled, and we still battle against illness. You know, we do not have a 100% success rate in healing. But we're getting there. 
we've got more than we had this time last year. We've got advances. Our, our, our percentages are going up. We're winning victories. <clears throat> people are getting set free. People are getting born again pretty much every week here at Eastgate in different places. Love it that people coming and getting born again in the healing centre in Sozo's just here on Sundays. And people being safe for all eternity is the ultimate victory, isn't it? I just want to say that. That's the ultimate victory. I love every healing, but I want to see people safe for all eternity, to enjoy him for all eternity. So, I want you to turn with me to a passage in 2 Kings chapter 6, because one of the weapons that I believe God is releasing in greater measure is prophecy. And a greater realm of prophecy. How many of you have heard of Sean Bolts? Not as many as will do. Um, S-H-A-W-N-B-O-L-Z. He's a, uh, a guy who leads a church in Los Angeles. Um, and he's written a book called Translating God. He does have an extraordinary prophetic gift. Um, and when I'm, <laughs> I know we use that word a lot, but he, he literally does. Um, and it's worth seeing... Uh, Go on YouTube and see some clips of Sean Bolts. But one of the things that, that happened um, in the last few months is that he was in Bethel um, Church, California, which he visits. He's a friend there. That's not his church, but he's, um, he's, he's well known there. And he was having a, uh, a prophecy. Now, this guy, he describes going into heavenly realms and he just tells you what he sees up there. He literally sees in, into heaven. And then he describes what he sees, and it's quite extraordinary the accuracy that this man has. Um, and um, he just describes, and I've, I was going to show you the, U, the YouTube clip, but it's been taken off YouTube, and I'm not quite sure uh, why, but I think I know why. I think it's because it, it, basically a lot of personal detail is actually revealed <laughs> when he's actually prophesying. And he he says, and he's just saying, and he says, I'm, I'm, I was up in heaven and I saw a man talking with Bob Jones. Now, Bob Jones was another prophet um, who actually mentored this guy, Sean Bolts. And he says, this guy's having a conversation with a man. And then he said, I saw a map. I, saw, I literally saw a map in front of me. And then he describes the roads that this map, uh, the directions on this map, it said road there, there and there, and I won't give out the names. Does that mean anything to any of you? And uh, there's a little rush of attention that goes on. Uh, and basically, they're saying, yes, that's the directions to Bill Johnson's parents' house. Eric Johnson nudges his father and says, that, that's, the, that's the directions to... to, to <laughs> grandparents' house. So literally, and he said, does that mean anything to you? And they said, yeah, that's Bill Johnson. He said, oh, right, okay. So Sean Bolts didn't know that this was going to be about Bill Johnson. Just sees this route map. And then he says, well, I, and I, I see there's a guy talking with Bob Jones up in heaven, but I know it's not your dad, because this guy's name is Melvin, and your dad was called Earl. And then they go, well, actually, Bill Johnson's dad was M. Earl Johnson. Oh, no, what, so Sean Bolt said his name's either Alvin or Melvin. And he says, so I know it's not your dad, because your dad's called Earl. He said, no, my dad's name is M. Earl Johnson. His, his name's Melvin. And this is, you know, and then he goes on to prophesy over Bill Johnson. Now, what I want to tell you, there, is, there are realms of, of prophetic revelation that we have not entered into 
fully yet that, that I believe are ours for the, the taking, particularly this year. Some of us have been stepping out, some more than others. We're trying, you know, addresses and names and things like that. Um, and you know what? When you first do it, it's like trying some of those tricks. <laughs> you can look a bit silly when you fall flat. Um, but you know what? That none of those are failures. Because any time you step out in faith, it's a success, it's a victory. When you start to ride a bike, you fall off. It's just a route to success. So in 2 Kings chapter 6, we've got an, a, a battle situation going on. It says, Now the king of Aram was at war with Israel. After conferring with his officers, he said, I will set up my camp in such and such a place. The man of God, now that's Elisha, okay? So you've got the king of Aram is basically at war with Israel, and he's got, this is what he's doing. He's got his tactics of where he's going to set his camp up in order to attack the nation of Israel. So the man of God, that's Elisha, sent word to the king of Israel, beware of passing that place. In other words, that's the place where uh, this uh, king of Aram was going to set up his camp because the Arameans are going down there. So the king of Israel checked on a place indicated by the man of God. Time and again, Elisha warned the king so that he was on his guard in such places. So basically, Elisha was able to tell the king of Israel the plans of the Aramean king. This enraged the king of Aram. He summoned his officers and demanded of them, will you not tell me which of us is on the side of the king of Israel? So basically the king of Aram presumes there's a spy in their camp who's giving away their, their strategy, their tactics. Okay. None of us, my lord the king. Now, I think this is fascinating. So, said one of his officers. So one of these officers, this is one of his you know, army officers, said, no, it's Elisha. So there's, not, we, we, there's no spies in our camp, but there's this guy called Elisha, the prophet who was in Israel. And he tells the king of Israel the very words you speak in your bedroom. Now that's scary, eh? The ability to see into situations and get heaven's perspective, because heaven sees everything. <clears throat> okay, so... Elisha's like the secret weapon. He's like the tank. Yeah. So they decide they better neutralize Elisha. Go and find out where he is, the king ordered, so I can send men and capture him. I don't know whether he wanted to capture him to kill him or capture him to use him for his own purposes, which would be probably smarter, but um, I'm not sure he would have complied. Um, The report came back, he is in Dothan. Then he sent horses and chariots and a strong force there they went by night and surrounded the city. So basically you've got this, this, this picture here is of Elisha and he's in this city called Dothan and then uh, overnight this city is surrounded by an armed force. The servant of the man of God got up and went out early the next morning and he saw, basically he saw an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. Now how would you feel if you were that servant? Be honest, be honest worried, yes. That, a little bit... Bothered? Anxious? Yeah, you would, wouldn't you? If you've got reason to be bothered. Yes, you have. Why? Because you've got an enemy force coming against you and it's out to capture you. Now, if you're the servant of the man of God, it's likely that you're going to get caught up in this scenario. So, so you have reason to be concerned. And, uh, oh my Lord, what shall we do? The servant asked. Now, that's a very good question. And, um, and Elisha's 
First answer is this, don't be afraid. There's one of the keys, don't be afraid. And he says, do the maths. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Now, if you're, you're the servant of God at this moment in time, you, you, have a, you have a challenge on your hands. Now, because what can the servant of God see? He can see the enemy, and he can see plenty of them surrounding the city. What do you think he sees in terms of their availability? Well, not a lot, not enough. Not enough is the answer. He's, he's worried because there's this big armed force coming against him, and they are stuck. And, and their resources look less than adequate. Do you be facing anything where you think your resources look less than adequate at the moment? Any situations, anything you're up against? You think, oh, I don't know how we're going to overcome this. I think this is what you were prophesying about. He didn't know I was preaching this, okay? Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. What's the ratio of angels to demons? Any ideas? Two to one. In whose favour? Ours, yeah. Only one third of the angels fell. Two thirds stayed. <clears throat> no more demons being made. It's good news. That's why the growth in the world population keeps me happy. Because it keeps the demons busy. By my calculation, they've got about seven times as much work to do as they had just over a hundred years ago. <laughs> True. Think you're, think you're short of resources? That's just, um, well, I know you don't want to be a demon, but, um, <coughs> and you're not meant to have sympathy for them, but, but you just recognize that, <laughs> recognize that they're up against it right now, right? So, uh, it's worth, it's, it, cause sometimes we can think, we get it right out of proportion. Think, oh, they're, they're, they're powerful. No, they're, they're running around like crazy. They don't know what to do because they also know that they lose. It's a bit like the Nazis at the end of the Second World War. They knew they were losing. That's, that's a pretty miserable place to be. Do you know what we know? We know we're winning. We know we win. <laughs> yeah, you can get excited. No, seriously, you get excited. We know we win. Ultimately, even if it looks like some battles get lost. Yeah, that maybe, that's an assurance we have. We win. We win, we win, we win. And that's never going to change. That's done. It's finished. So 2016 is an opportunity for more and more victories. Because of the increase of his government, there is no end. Wow. Yes, I'm excited. So Elisha prayed, O Lord, open his eyes so he may see. Now this is one of the keys I want you to get hold of. How much do you see at the moment? Quite a bit. We've seen quite a bit, haven't we? In 2015, saw quite a bit. Do you think there's more to see? Yeah, there is. I want my eyes open to the more, always. There's always more because he's infinite and eternal. It's very straightforward. There's no end to the more. So always want more. Never settle for what you've just got. There's always more. 
<clears throat> so he prays, open his eyes so he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. So all of a sudden he sees what has already been given to them. And you know, I think his fear turned to faith in, a, in an instant. That is the power of prophetic revelation. It can take you from fear to faith in one instant. You think, wow, God's got it covered. Is there anything God doesn't know about you or your circumstances? He knows everything. Is there anything he's worried about? No. Now look at this. Okay, as it goes on. So, so the servant's perspective is changed in an instant. At the end of this morning, we're going to pray for eyes to be opened. So you will see more of what God has made available to us. With infinite resources, his infinite power, his infinite goodness, his unending love. Does his love endure forever? Is he more than enough? He is, he's more than enough. He really is more than enough. He holds the universe in his hands. Isn't that amazing? Wow. He's pretty big. He's big. So, it goes on. As the enemy came down toward him, Elisha prayed to the Lord, strike these people with blindness. So he struck them with blindness as Elisha had asked. You know what? God can neutralize the enemy. Had a stroke. God is not in a battle against the devil of equal forces. It's not, it's not a, oh, who's going to win? He knows. And he has power. But what I find interesting, then, it goes on, to, is how they then treat the people in this army, okay? God struck them with blindness as Elijah had asked. Elisha told them, this is not the road and this is not the city. Follow me and I will lead you to the man you are looking for. And he led them to Samaria. After they entered the city, Elisha said, Lord, open the eyes of these men so they can see. Then the Lord opened their eyes and they looked, and there they were inside Samaria. When the king of Israel saw them, he asked Elisha, Shall I kill them, my father? Shall I kill them? Do not kill them, he answered. Would you call men you have captured with your own sword or bow? Set food and water before them so that they may eat and drink and then go back to their master. So he prepared a great feast for them. Isn't that amazing? See, this is grace. This is love. This is loving enemies. Can you love your enemies? Yeah, you can. We're meant to love every human being on planet Earth. They're not our enemies. He set a feast. <clears throat> he prepared a great feast for them. And after they had finished eating and drinking, he sent them away. And they returned to their master. And what was the outcome? Peace. The bands from Aram stopped raiding Israel's territory. Peace reigned on that part of planet Earth. Are we going to get peace on Earth? Goodwill to all men is by love. Loving kindness. And it tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4, it says, The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. 
On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. See, we don't fight with hatred. With bitterness, with with anger. We fight with love and kindness and goodness. With gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. The fruits of the Spirit are our weapons. And it says, against such things, nothing can stand. Why do we pray for people to be healed? Because we love them. We want to see them better. And what I want you to understand, they're not trophies to go in the Eastgate cabinet room. Nobody. Every, everybody's an individual to be loved and held, held in their own dignity. It tells you clearly, doesn't it, in 1 Corinthians, that the gifts of the Spirit that operate outside of the love of God are ineffective. And one of the things I'm loving about this book, and I do, do, if you've got some Christmas money, you want to buy a book, Translating God by Sean Barks, it's good. Basically, he says that prophecy is a love encounter. And uh, he, he opens that up so beautifully. He's got some amazing stories in here. But I love that concept. Basically, prophecy is not designed to make us look great. It's designed to make God look great when people know his love. And the Bible tells us clearly to eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. And then you prophesy in accordance with your level of faith. And every one of us has an opportunity to grow in faith. And uh, probably next week I'll show you another little clip of overcoming fear. (laughs) It's another good one I enjoyed over this Christmas time. But you want to do great exploits for God? You're willing to take the risks. Willing to step out of the boat. And I'm going to ask you to stand with me. And we're going to pray. We've got a few minutes, just about three minutes before you need to go and collect the children. I thought it would be good to pray together and ask God to open our eyes. Father, we thank you for what we've already seen of you. Thank you for what you've already revealed to us. And now we ask you to open our eyes further. We want to see your beauty. We want to behold your goodness. We want to encounter you in greater ways. Father, we pray for this new year that we would know you more. Father, we ask that you would reveal the secrets and the resources of heaven to us, Father.